Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're doing something really fun that we haven't done in a while, and that is an Ask Me Anything episode. Now, I have not done one of these in years. Uh, we used to do it quite frequently, I feel like. I did it several times in like the first year I had the podcast, and I really enjoyed the format because a big heart behind the podcast is having like a conversation with you, my listeners, and just making it feel like it's really conversational and like friends chatting business and just being really, you know, transparent and honest with our opinions and with anything I can help with. And so what I've done is every so often I'll go on to Instagram on either my account or So Here's the Thing podcast's account. And I'll put out an Ask Me Anything question box. And the questions that we get are really fun to see. I know that I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but people responding to those questions, it's so hit or miss. So sometimes I'll put things out in order to like collect multiple days worth of prompts. So thank you to everybody who responds to them. And I'm going to try to get through um, a good amount today. But if we don't get to your question today, just know that I'll always answer with a voice DM. I'll always give you some advice if I can give you advice if it's something I know about. I just appreciate everybody who just responds and interacts because I am a human being over here just chilling in my house just like you're chilling in yours. And we are, like I said, friends chatting business. And I think that's just such a heart behind why I started this podcast years ago. And I never want to let that get away from me. So let's dive in. I we are questions I've gotten are kind of all over the place, but they make sense for things that I've talked about in the past and maybe never followed up on my bad. That's what's happening in this first question for sure. The first question I got is from Sarah H and she asked, what did you switch to from Kajabi? Now I mentioned this on social media in passing several times. I was a Kajabi user. I recommended it to all of my creative educator Academy students who were creating courses. And while I don't not recommend it, like there was nothing that was wrong with it necessarily. There was nothing that I, that I hated or would say was a reason not to utilize, utilize the platform at all. But for me personally, for our team and the way that we run our business, we weren't utilizing enough of the features to make it worth the price point that it's at. Now, if you can wrap your head around using all of those features, you can definitely find a way to make it work that it's worth it. Like if you, for example, you want to utilize their email marketing, then you're saving money on perhaps using a different email marketing tool. Or if you want to have different, you know, all the different uses for all the different tools that are built into Kajabi. That's awesome. But that's not what we were doing. And so we found that while doing an audit of our business and the way that we were utilizing it for our course students, 
we just didn't need it. And it was it was a recurring cost that we could cut. And so we did. So that being said, we are currently, we just switched over to Thrivecart and Thrivecart Learn. Now I'm going to put an affiliate link to this in the show notes. But if you go to laylimadi.com slash resources, you can see every tool that I use. And I have some good affiliate codes in there, discount codes when I'm allowed to have them. And some are not affiliate codes. They're just, they're not affiliate links. They're just things that I use and that I'm happy to share with you that I have found to be really helpful in my business. So I do use Thrivecart and Thrivecart Learn. And the reason that I did that, and I'm going to be, again, fully transparent here as per usual, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this for the long haul. I'm actually looking at several other course platforms just to kind of compare them. There's so many advancements that happen in course platforms that we need to be kind of keeping up with and being aware of as educators. And so I'm taking a deep dive and looking into platforms that I haven't looked at in a long time. Thinkific, Teachable, Teachery. There are so many course platforms out there that are awesome um, and that have made, I know, huge advancements. So I'm probably going to do a comparison for myself. But at the moment, the reason that I chose Thrivecart is one, at this time, at the time of this recording, so no promises when you're listening to it, but you can always go check. Uh, at the time of this recording and at the time I purchased it, it was a one-time payment for a lifetime access to the product. So for me, I'm not going to lie, you guys, I'm such an easy sell on that. Like, I will, if there's a chance to pay a lifetime buy-in, when things are like progressing in terms of a platform, I'm going to do it. And in fact, several of the companies that I work with, I was like one of their first purchasers of lifetime access to their product. And I just pay that, you know, whatever the fee is, because I know I'm never going to have to pay it again and I can use it and utilize it in the ways that I want to. And so whether I use that for a year, two years or 10 years, I can rest assured that like, okay, I've paid it once. I'm not going to have to pay it again. And if it works in my business, that's great. And I actually utilize Thrivecart for all of my affiliates. So I knew I was going to need it anyway. So it worked out really well. Um, I could talk about that probably in more in depth, but I want to make sure I get to all of these questions that I've pulled for this episode. But so I switched from Kajabi to Thrivecart. And I hope that's helpful for you guys. I would say like my two cents on that for any course creators or hopeful course creators, aspiring course creators and educators. It's just kind of one of those things where... I have switched from platform to platform twice now. That's not very many switches, I guess, but it is kind of a lengthy process once you start accumulating students. So do your research, but also know like nothing is set in stone. Yeah, it's kind of annoying to make the switch, but it's not going to kill your business. And it's not going to like, you know, drive you too crazy, hopefully. And you can always hire. There's a lot of people that offer that as a service to switch you from one platform to the next. And so you can always hire if you need to for that. All right. The second question. This is a hot question, you guys. Um, this is along the same lines. And not all of these questions are about education, but this one is. This question flat out says, this is from Jessica L. And she says, our course is dead. I can't sell mine to save my life. My heart. I feel you, my friend. I definitely feel you. I know that it can be hard. Not every launch is going to be a winning launch. Do I think courses are dead? Absolutely not. I do not. I really don't. I'm creating a new course right now. It's in the process. It's in the works. If I thought they were dead, I wouldn't be wasting my time on that. However, do I think it's even more important now than it ever has been to make yourself stand apart? Absolutely, I do. I think that it's one of those things where we are seeing such an influx and we have since probably like 2020 
And it's so funny, like I launched Creative Educator Academy in 2019 and walked so many of my students through the course creation process. And what we walked through in 2019 versus what I would walk them through now, some of it still looks the same. The basic bare bones of it still looks the same. But the most important thing is finding your unique voice, your unique abilities, the unique take that you have on the education that you're offering and what makes it different from every other service provider who is also offering a course around that same topic. So I don't think courses are dead. I just think that you need to really work on finding your audience in order to sell to save your life. As she said, I can't sell mine to save my life. I totally get it. But also don't be discouraged. You know, we all have launches that fall flat. I don't know any entrepreneur who has not had a quote unquote failed launch. And I wouldn't, I really hate to even use the words failed launch because I don't believe that it's ever a failure. I just believe that one, they're learning, learning experiences and, you know, knowledge growth pathways that you're taking. And two, I just think that sometimes there are things that are out of our control as well. So just be wary, be self-aware, take what you can from the experience. But I don't think courses are dead. Give it another shot, reevaluate, make some changes, make some pivots, find your audience that wants to buy from you, find what makes you stand out, and then try again. Um, Try again with your course. And I always like to say, I do this every time I have something that maybe doesn't sell the way that I want it to is I'll tap in my coach and I'll say, Hey, can you just do a quick audit of this? Like, is it the product? Is it the marketing? Is it the timeline? It like, what could it have been that made this launch fall flat and then like attack it from there? Okay. That was a ramble, but hopefully it helped. Okay. This one cracked me up and because it's like verbiage that I never use, but what are your Instagram hot takes slash icks? X is something I would never say, you guys, but it's so funny. I loved it. I was like, okay, I've got to, I've got to talk about this. So my answer to this, I'm going to give a few, the first full disclaimer, if you guys do any of these things, I am not throwing shade at you. This is purely coincidental. If you're listening to this and you're like, is Lily calling me out? No, I'm not. Everybody is so different and everybody participates in social media differently based off their personality type. And so everything I'm going to share with my Instagram hot takes and icks um, are 100% my own, just my own personal opinion and the way that I like to take in social media. So I'll just tell, I'll tell you, I guess I'm going to share with you like what makes me swipe away from an Instagram post or story faster than anything else. And then we'll move on because I guess we could consider that an ick. Although again, I feel really bad at even saying this because I don't want anybody to think that what they're doing is wrong or bad. It's just something that maybe irks me a little bit. <laughs> irks and icks are funny words to me. Okay. So one, I will swipe away if the intro to a story is too long. So if you are greeting me and telling me what day of the week it is and telling me that you hope, you know, things are going well, like, you know, just get to the point. I'm just like, I'm a very impatient person. I, you know, like entrepreneurs with ADHD, you get me like, I just don't have time. And I feel like I, the redundancy of hearing people say, Hey, happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday and we're here and happy day. And you know, that kind of, it wears on me. So I swipe really fast. If you are eating or drinking during your stories, I'm not going to like watch that. It's not because I think it's weird to eat or drink. I think it's great for people to eat and drink. Again, I just, I don't want to wait for you to pause just to, you know, like 
sip your drink or take a bite out of your sandwich because that's just kind of wasting my time. And then I lose the attention span. So that's something that I'll probably swipe away from really easily. I've been recently swiping away from the uh, popular like sounds that come from TikTok and then several weeks later end up on Instagram reels. Again, not because I don't like them or I think they're cringe or I'm throwing shade or anything along those lines, but more so because I'm already burnt out on them. And so it's just that redundancy factor. So I just swipe past any any of those like trending voice, you know, like if if you're doing like a lip sync or something that doesn't usually resonate with me anymore. It's just been a few years of seeing it. So it's kind of like swipe. Okay. That's all I'm going to say because I feel like this could get the potential of having, you know, mean girl vibes. And that's not my, that's not my jam, but I am, I wanted to be honest and I want to answer the questions of the people who put the question box. So Hey friend, if you're ready to take the stage, I have a fun free quiz for you right now where you can discover your public speaking persona. So you get to uncover your speaking style and learn how to leverage your skills for captivating and engaging presentations. So just head to laylimadi.com slash quiz or head to the show notes and it'll be linked there for you too. I hope you enjoy this quiz and I would love to know what your speaker persona is after you take it. Make sure you share those results with me and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. I love this question, this next one. How do you keep organized with coaching clients? And I love this. I feel like it's such an open-ended question, but I, I'm i going to kind of tackle this from the place of like organized being in terms of scheduling, contracts, communication, all of it, right? So um, I use several things to make this happen. One, I, I have everything on my Google Calendar and my Google Calendar is synced to my HoneyBook. So if you don't have a CRM right now, make sure you check out HoneyBook. Most of you guys who listen to this podcast probably already use HoneyBook and love it. But if you don't, I you can save 50% off your first year with my code. And so make sure that you go grab that at the show notes as well or laylimadi.com slash resources. Again, I list it all out for you there. But what I, what I love about HoneyBook, keeping me organized with my coaching clients is one... I use their scheduling tool. So it schedules the call and it schedules onboarding. And I can have a separate calendar for coaching calls and a separate calendar for inquiry slash like discovery calls and set custom time increments for them. So like, for example, I get a coaching inquiry that comes in, right? I'm just going to walk you through like a very bird's eye view of, of my onboarding process. So the inquiry for a coaching session comes in. And I'm like, okay, this looks like a good fit, but maybe they want to chat more in depth about things. So I will invite them to schedule a 15 minute call with me through that HoneyBook scheduler, which then puts them into my system, my CRM and HoneyBook. And then from there, any piece of communication that we have goes through my HoneyBook. So if they decide to book a contract, invoice, questionnaire, onboarding. And then from there, anytime we email, I'm emailing in there. So there's like a full ongoing record of all of our communication. And then after our session, I'm able to then drop in links to notes or links to video or what have you, and be able to kind of communicate that way. And I'm also able to schedule emails through there too, so that I can schedule a reminder to say like, hey, I'm just checking in on you after our coaching call. So that's how I keep everybody organized. And all of that is synced into my Google Calendar, which syncs to my life. So like my the organization kind of has to bleed into my personal life as well. So I hope that's helpful. I know that was like a lot to throw at you in this like multi-question podcast episode, but I hope I hope that answered your question. 
Okay. The next question is, I know I'm ready to be an educator, but I can't get my audience to bite advice. And this is from Katie G. So Katie, bear with me here. I'm going to kind of dive into this a little bit. I I talk a lot about how to know you're ready to get into education. I talk a lot about knowing that what you've done has worked for you and it's worked for other people that you've tried it. You've tested it on your audience. You know that you're able to kind of help them through. I've talked about sharing free education and content and building the awareness that you are the expert in doing that. You know, these are all things that I've covered on this podcast before and in spe- and whenever I've been speaking on other podcasts around the topic. But what I don't really talk on that often is like, okay, maybe you've done all these things, but I still can't get my audience to bite. Like, I get that. That is such a great question. And I know that that's a very big possibility for a lot of us. Now, there are some people who go out there and they launch their course and they just take off like a rocket. And that does happen. But oftentimes it takes a few tries and it takes a lot of nurturing. And this is something that I don't think I talk about enough and I want to be better about that. So I appreciate this question from Katie. Um, I think that a huge missed opportunity for growing as an educator, as an expert, whether it's a speaker, a course creator, whatever it is, like mastermind, host, coach, whatever, is nurturing your audience in between your launch times, in between the times that you're selling. Now, if you're selling all the time, like I am, I I technically am selling something at every point because I have a digital shop that's always open. I have courses that are always open. I have courses that are live launch, open cart, closed cart. I have a conference that's open cart, closed cart. You know, I have retreats. I have a lot of stuff going on, right? So like technically at any point in time, I'm probably selling. But the thing that I really try to do is instead of focusing so much on those selling periods, I like to focus on showing up and giving around the topics that I speak on and that I teach on in the in-between. And here's like a huge key factor of this. This could be its own. I mean, any of these could be their own episodes, but a huge factor in this that I think is so important to really hone in on is if you're filling the in-between by showing up and still sharing content around these things, what does your audience response look like? Are they not responding at all? Are they saying it's helpful? Are they reacting in any way, shape, or form? Or are they swiping away and it's not getting to them? Now, again, some of this could be the algorithm, but do you have a newsletter? Could you test it out in an inbox? Like You're not asking them for anything. You're just nurturing and sharing and giving. And you need to be cognizant of if they are receiving it and enjoying it. Because if they're not receiving it and enjoying it, then it might be time to reevaluate what you want to educate or the platform in which you want to educate on. So like maybe it's your offer type, maybe it's your topic, maybe it's the way you're showing up. And you won't know any of that if you stop showing up in order to kind of share that. So I want to encourage you, like if you know you're ready to step into education, that's sometimes the hardest part for a lot of people. So props to you, like you're ready to go, but don't be too quick to write it off if it's not working right away. Like we see everybody else, quote unquote, working on social media and we see people selling out and like killing it or what it looks like that's what they're doing because we just would never know. You know, you don't know the ins and outs of people's businesses unless they're sharing them. Um, So don't be so quick to write it off. Have patience and like be willing to be in it for the long haul if you know that you're ready to do this and you know that you want to make it happen. So I hope that's encouraging for you. And I hope it's also something that you can put into action right away. 
So, all right. I got through five questions. That was my goal in the previous ask me anything. I think I used to get through like two or three and I would go like a little bit deeper. And I wanted to make sure I was, I was getting through as many as I could, but if you guys like this episode, please let me know if you like the format of the quick rapid fire, ask me anything, let me know. And I'll do more of them. Um, if there's any topics that we covered today or that it didn't cover and you want to see on the podcast, please like come see me in my DMs, my friend, like send me a voice memo, send me a DM, tag me in a post, whatever, so that I can make content that helps you again. Like this podcast, the heart of it is for us to show up and hang out for you to learn a little bit something. And for me to be able to share with you what I know to hopefully be able to grow together. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys on the next one. As always love hearing from you. Make sure you leave a review do all the things, rate the podcast so other people can see it. If you really love me, send this episode to somebody in your entrepreneurial community that you think would benefit from it as well. All right, you guys, see you on the next episode. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.